It rubs the lotion on its skin. It does this whenever it's told. <gasps> Mr. My Family will pay cash. Whatever ransom you're asking for, they'll pay it. <laughs> it rubs the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. Yes, you will, precious. You will get the hose. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, okay. okay. Mr. If you let me go, I won't, I won't press charges, I promise. See, my mom is a real important woman. I, I guess you already know that. Now it places the lotion in the basket. Please. Please. Oh, I go home, please. It places the lotion in the basket. I want to see my mom. Welcome to Down the Rabbit Hole. This is a midweek episode, and uh, this week you got me, uh, Brandon. So um, what we're going to do this week is, I don't want to call it a series, but I kind of started a series in a sense, um, just for me really, um, of movie adaptions. So I decided I wanted to go down one of the most famous movie adaptions, um, which is the case of Ed Gein, um, which Ed Gein was, you know... The, the inspiration for many characters. So we'll run through before we even go into Ed Gein. Let's let's talk real quick about you know some of the people that he inspired. So um, he's considered one of the most um, notorious American serial killers, um, but he really didn't kill that many, and we'll get into that. Um, he was known as the butcher of Plainfield or the Plainfield Ghoul. Um, he's uh, he's a convicted killer and body snatcher. He was active in Plainfield, Wisconsin from 1946 to 1957. Um, after the death of his mother, left him alone and in a deranged mental states. Um, he did some very weird things, and we'll get into those. The mutilations, the, 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 the lampshades, the nipple belt, all of that we'll get into. Um, so, And if you haven't heard of the nipple belt, you obviously haven't looked much into serial killers. So... Gein has inspired many, which not directly though, um, but um, his actions inspired many. Um, the first one, Psycho. Um, he is the um, well. There's some debate. The author says that he was not inspired by Gein when he wrote the novel, but um, he only lived 35 miles away from Plainfield. 
So it kind of makes me wonder, you know, how he really wasn't. But um, Robert Bloch wrote the, the, the story, the novel Psycho um, in 1959, and then it was adapted into Alfred Hitchcock's movie Psycho shortly after. Um, yeah, so Norman Bates really is, you know, a, a, a slight representation of, you know, Ed Gein. So it comes from there. Deranged was another movie in 1974. Um, it's a Canadian-American horror film loosely based on the life of Ed Gein, um, which follows a, a character named Ezra Cobb as a middle-aged man in a rural Midwestern community who begins a string of murders and grave robberies after his mother's death. Like Gein, Cobb's mother was extremely religious and raised him to be a misogynist. After her death, Cobb embarks on a string of serial murders and grave robberies. So, um, it is that one follows a little closer. Um... The, the one difference is it does play up on the necrophilia aspect. Um, so, it, Gein never committed necrophilia, or so they say. Um, that is the one big difference between the, the real life of Ed Gein and Deranged. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, 1974. Um that was another one. Um, Toby Hooper's The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, he and Kim Henkel modeled the character of Leatherface after Ed Gein. Also taking inspiration from Elmer Wayne Henley, who famously assisted serial killer Dean Coral by bringing him victims. So, yeah. Um, which is another one I might go into later. Dean Coral is another very interesting one. Gein's inspirations on Leatherface, however, is a bit more straightforward as the character demonstrates a history of wearing women's clothes, mutilating bodies, and making masks and other garments out of human skin. Uh, Silence of the Lambs, which you heard in the opening. Um, Jonathan Demme's 1991 film, Silence of the Lambs, has become well-known for its depiction of the charismatic and thoroughly terrifying serial killer Hannibal, um, Hannibal Lecter. However, the central plot of the film focuses on Agent Chloe Starling's hunt for Buffalo Bill. A lot of people forget that, that really, Silence of the Lambs was her hunting Buffalo Bill and using Hannibal's help. Buffalo Bill, um, he killed a... Uh, he attacks overweight women and skins the corpses, so which is very similar to what you know Ed Gein was thought to have done. Um, there was also a movie called Ed Gein um, in 2000 that followed um, very closely to what Ed Gein, you know, his life. Um, it was released as Ed Gein in the United States and Australia. Um, but also known as In Light of the Moon, the film closely follows the crimes of Ed Gein, starting with his abuse at the hands of his uh, overly religious mother and alcoholic father and ending with his capture and the officer's discovery of his home. Uh, the film, while underwhelming and receiving mostly negative reviews from both critics and reviewers, pays close attention to Gein's life in an attempt to create a faithful adaption of his life on film, though the portrayal is somewhat inconsistent. So, which is typical. Most time you, you find that with serial killers and stuff like that. They say based on a truth story, but loosely based on a truth story. Um, House of a Thousand Corpses, um, 2003, and The Devil's Rejects in 2005. Um, Rob Zombie's cult classic films, House of a Thousand For Corpses and The Devil's Rejects, incorporated a lot of cultural references, including naming all the family members after Groucho Marx characters of the 1930s. However, um, uh, the character Otis... B. Driftwood is a direct reference to Ed Gein. Otis, named after Mark's character from A Night at the Opera, is the most violent member of the Firefly family, known to be a sadistic necrophiliac who creates the freaks for Captain Spaulding's museum, making sculptures of his victims. Notably, he wears his victim's skin on multiple occasions as a costume as well. 
Um, so these are all characters that are based off of, you know, Ed Gein, um, which is quite interesting. You know, then there was another one, 2007, Ed Gein, The Butcher of Plainfield, um, which is the most modern one. And it takes inspiration from Ed Gein, obviously, you know, because it's named that, depicting his crimes more than half a century after his arrest. And Ed Gein, the booker of Plainfield, a direct-to-video horror film starring Kane Hodder, uh, Friday the 13th fame. The butcher of Plainfield pays attention to Gein's history while fictionalizing the events leading up to his capture. Uh, the plot of the movie centers around Ed Gein kidnapping and slaughtering a woman named Vera Mason, along with the sheriff's deputy and his girlfriend, as well as ensuing race to catch him before it's too late. So that one was based up until the part of his capture that was changed. So there's a lot of things that, you know, with Ed Gein, it's that he inspired. Um, he inspired quite a bit, uh, which is which is interesting. Um, that a character that really didn't do a whole, I mean, he did a lot. It gets crazy once we get into it, but he inspired so much. But none of it really, besides the movie Ed Gein in 2000, most of it is very fictionalized. So a lot of people really don't know the true Ed Gein. They think of him as like a Leatherface character or, you know, the character from, you know, uh, Otis or, you know, Buffalo Bill, stuff like that, which really, in all reality, he he's um, he's not really any of those um in fact if you see picture of him he just looks like i mean not to sound bad kind of the the you know, a decent almost village idiot type guy which in a lot of ways he was um so we'll go into you know who he was and everything else so <sighs> edward theodore gein was born on august 27th 1906 to george philip gein and augusta will willahim well Wilhelmine, 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 I don't know, Wilhelmine Gein in La Crosse County, Wisconsin. He was a younger of their two sons, first being Henry George Gein. Uh, George Gein uh, was an alcoholic who had worked in various odd jobs as a carpenter, tanner, and insurance salesman, but couldn't keep a hold on his work. Um, yeah, he just, he was an alcoholic who kept getting fired. Augusta, his mother, was a devout, bordering on fanatic Catholic and loathed her husband. From their childhood, both the sons were preached against sex, sins, drinking, and women, except her. It became hard ingrained in little Edward that every woman except his mother was reprehensible. Edward was shy and had exceptionally bizarre mannerisms when in school, and teachers recounted how he used to laugh over something going on in his unfathomable mind. Despite his peculiarity, he was good at academics. Um, his father's death, um, they had moved to a secluded house in the middle of a town, Plainfield. At age of 66, George Gein passed away from cardiac arrest, and Henry and Ed had to work on various odd jobs to run the family. The duo came completely under their mother's grasp, and Ed loved it. Uh, both of them worked as handymen, and the people of Plainfield sought them, uh, considering them reliable and honest. Ed Gein found solace in babysitting children rather than interaction with adults. So that's one of the things that you got to think about. This guy that everyone's... that's. All these insane characters are based off was a babysitter. He would babysit children. Um, his brother Henry got into a relationship with a divorced woman and was planning to marry her. Fearing Ed's obsession and attachment to the domineering mother, he spoke ill about Augusta. Instead of changing his mind, he earned Ed's wrath. So he tried to change Ed's mind, and really that just made Ed even more angry with him. Once while clearing the marsh, uh, uh, the fire that they started grew out of control. To, to clear the mart, they would burn, you know, 
burn the marsh and, you know, all that. So they'd started to fire, got out of control, and a little later, Henry's body was found completely unharmed. The police believed asphyxiation to be the reason for his death, and the topsy was dismissed. Though bruises were found on Henry's head, his death was considered an accident. Hmm. Some people really believe that this was his first murder. That they, they believe that Ed actually killed his brother because he was talking ill about their mother. Um, which left Ed alone with his mother. Now, Augusta suffered from a paralytic stroke, and Ed spent his life looking after her. He cherished whatever she said and took it deep into his mind. There was an incident where they visited a certain Mr. Smith and saw him trashing a dog to death. A woman came running out of the house and begged him to stop, but in vain. Um, this scarred Augusta, not because of the plight of the dog, but because the woman was not his wife, and she called the woman as Smith's harlot. So, probably should have saved the dog, rather than worrying about the fact that the woman wasn't Smith's wife. Um, Augusta died at the age of 67, and Edward was devastated. So, he lost his only friend and only true love, and he was absolutely alone. Um, and apparently, um, he lost his mind too. So, this is where things start to get creepy. Um, Ed became obsessed with reuniting with his mother. Um, or more, in some ways, becoming his mother. Um, there was books about cannibalism, Nazis, shrunken heads, and Grey's Anatomy fascinated him and shaped his insane mind. Um, slowly, he came up with the idea of making a skin suit from the remains of women who resembled his mother and to drape it to eventually become his mother. Um, so he started tracking recently deceased women who had earmarks of his mother and exhumed their graves. Then he skinned them and made articles out of their skin. Eventually, people became suspicious and closely monitored their graves. So, finally, because he couldn't get to the graves because people get suspicious because of grave robbing, he finally had to resort to murder. Uh, in the year 1954, a woman from a tavern, Mary Hogan, disappeared and was not found. Later in 1957, a woman named Bernice Warden went missing and her son, Sheriff Frank Warden, suspected Ed Gein as he was the last person she'd spoke to. Upon searching his house, the police were horror-struck. The entire building was in shambles, um, except for Augusta's room. He was a hoarder. He had stuff everywhere. I mean, the house looked horrible, but he had blocked off Bernice's, or Augusta's room so nobody could get into it. Um, so it was untouched. Uh, the captivated body of Bernice hung from the roof with her innards spilling out. The police found several items made out of human body parts, probably due to his father being a tanner once all the items were preserved. These included whole human bones and fragments, a waste basket made of human skin, human skin covering several chair seats, masks made from the skin of female heads, a, ba- a belt made from female human nipples, a lampshade made from the skin of a human face. Mary Hogan's face mask in a paper bag. Mary Hogan's skull in a box. Bernice Warren's entire head in a burlap sack. Bernice Warren's heart in a plastic bag in front of Gein's pot-bellied stove. Nine vulva in a shoebox. That's just some of the things they found. Uh, he was arrest- arrested but wasn't charged because of mental instability. Uh, he was found insane. Wow, big surprise. Uh, Ed Gein proclaimed that he did it all in a daze. When not hallucinating, he would return home empty-handed. When asked if he had indulged in necrophilia, he denied, saying they smelled too bad. 
So, um, he was later diagnosed as a schizophrenic um, and admitted to Central State Hospital for the Criminally Insane. Um, he died in Mendota Mental Health Institute due to lung cancer at the age of 77 on July 26, 1984. Um, what he did left a lasting impression on people. Um, like I said, Psycho became, you know, was the first thing, you know, that was inspired by his, his stuff. So, I mean, that's everything, that, the insanity that he went through. Um, wow. I mean, it's amazing. Just, just a quick rundown of everything. Um, but the thing that gets me, though, is they call him a serial killer. But, I mean, really, he only killed two people that they know of. They do believe his brother, and I think that's why they give him the serial killer moniker because I think he killed his brother too. But, um, so like I said, his, his story is uh, been the basis of many stories. Um, but uh, with Ed Gein, he he was a special one. Um, his teachers and classmates at his elementary school would call him being shy, but having strange mannerisms such as bursting out in fits of laughter. Apparently, at his own inner monologue, his school blamed his mother, who punished him when he tried to make friends. Uh, because of that, uh, his childhoods were relatively solitary. Um, aside from penalizing his social life, his mother would confine Ed and his brother Henry to their farm. She would often read to them from the Bible and preach that the world was inherently evil, that all women were prostitutes, and that drinking and immorality were instruments of the devil. When Gein was 38 years old, he and Henry worked in the fields, like I said, uh, burning the marsh. And he was killed. So authorities did suspect that his brother had killed him, um, but there was sufficient ev- there was wasn't a sufficient evidence proven. Therefore, except the death was an accident. Later investigators would claim that there was no doubt that it had been had been the murderer. Um, like I said, when they found his house, it looked like a hoarder's house. It was horrible. Um, Gein went insane. He boarded up every room that had been used by his mother and instead moved into a single bedroom of the kitchen. So he basically, after his mother died, he renovated the whole house but blocked off every room that his mother had used and pretty much resigned himself to the kitchen and one bedroom. So the rest of the house was just, where he stayed was completely disgusting, but everything else was left immaculate. So... Um, like I said, living in seclusion on his farm, he became interested in death cult magazines and Nazi cannibal adventure stories. Um, he mostly kept to himself though. And a lot of people, you know, had no real issue with him. He was a little odd, but that was about it. Um, and then, like I said, in November, 1957, a local hardware store owner disappeared. Um, she'd been last seen the previous night and been reported missing after a hardware store remained closed all day. Her son, Frank, who happened to be the deputy sheriff, entered the score and discovered this cash register open and blood stains on the floor. While interviewing Frank, investigators found out that Gein had been in the store that previous night and had told Warden he would be back in the morning for a gallon of antifreeze. Sure enough, the last sale made at the store by Bernice Warden's wash, Bernice Warden was for a gallon of antifreeze. Investigators headed to Ed Gein's home, arresting him and searching the property. So that's basically how he got caught because he was the last person in the store. They knew he was there to get antifreeze. That was the last receipt. So they immediately went to his house. Um, if it hadn't been for that, I don't know if they ever would have suspected him. Because he was crazy, but nobody, I think, would have thought that he was doing this. Um, like I said, there was 
the house. If you get a chance, go through and look. Um, there, there's different articles you can find with pictures of what his house looked like. Um, that is just horrible. Um, when he was questioned, Ed Gein folded immediately. He told police that he had made at least 40 different visits to the three local graveyards to exhume bodies. He claimed that he had done so in a days like state. Um, in addition to his methods, Gein also revealed his motives. He told authorities that soon after his mother's death, he had begun to create a woman's suit so that he could literally become his mother and crawl into her skin. Though there were parts of countless bodies found in his home, Gein was arraigned on only one count of murder, Bernice Warren's. Ed Gein pleaded not guilty by reason of insanity and was declared unfit to stand trial. trial. He was sent to the Central State Hospital for the criminally insane where he was diagnosed with schizophrenia. Um, he was retried once after doctors believed he could participate in the trial, but it was again declared mentally insane. He was confined to spend the rest of his life in a mental hospital and died as one of history's most disturbing serial killers at the Mendota Mental Health Institute at the age of 77. It's, like I said, that's the one thing. There's only two murders that he's pretty much been, con- they know he did, um, besides his brother. Um... And those two, which is interesting, because typically, normally, you have to kill three people in three different instances to be considered a, a serial killer. So it has to be three separate occasions and three, at least three people to be considered a serial killer. Um, so it, it, the only way they really could, I guess, determine that he's a serial killer is they would have to say that he killed his brother. So, but... Um, yeah, like I said, if you get a chance, look up what he found in his they found in his house. Um, and like I said, they, they basically they 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 make him out to be like Leatherface or you know um, any of the others, and he's really not. I mean, he's not that crazy. He's not like the character you know in Otis and Rob Zombie's films um, or uh, Buffalo Bill, um, who was you know taking women and having them, you know, putting them in a pit and telling them to put lotion on their skin. He basically, for the most part, was just stealing them from the, uh, stealing them from the, uh, the, the graveyard. And it wasn't until he wasn't able to do that, that he, he actually killed. So, but yeah, his mother, his mother's, Raising him the way he did kind of uh, made him made him what he was. I mean, he he was afraid of women. He he a lot of the stuff that he had, um, he did not know how to deal with his sexuality, um, in any way. And that was one of the biggest things that they said was a part of his problems, um, because he was basically his mother, you know, wouldn't let him have friends, wouldn't let him do anything because everybody was evil. So, um, there's not a lot I can find on the first murder. Um, Bernice Warden in 57 is the one. Um, Mary Hogan. There's nothing, I mean, there's not a whole lot you can find on Mary Hogan and her death. Um, so that, that's the interesting one. And. Bernice Warden, you can find Mary Hogan basically just disappeared from the bar one night um, and never came back. Um, and then inside the house, like I said, you know, they found all their stuff. Um, 
which is just horrible. Could you imagine being a police officer and walking in and finding that stuff? I mean, the, the, if you look online, like I said, you can find the pictures of the gloves that he made out of people's hands, um, the, the, the lampshade that he made out of someone's face. Um, yeah, he's a very, very, very sick man. Um, there's a lot more. This is one that's going to be a short episode just because, I mean, this is one I really wanted to talk about. But, I mean, you look at all this stuff. We've seen the movies. Leatherface, I mean, you know, is, I guess, he never got a chainsaw and chased after people. Um, he, he never did any of that. I mean, he did wear, you know, the clothing and try and wear a human suit. But he, he was never that... You know, never, never did that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's very interesting to to look at what he was, what he inspired compared to what he really was. His story really is. I mean, it's sick. It's disgusting. I mean, he took these bodies, he skinned them, he did all this, but he wasn't the insane person that they they made him sound like at um sorry benton's playing with everything because there's a garbage truck about to go by and it's going to make really loud noises so if you hear that in the background that's the garbage truck because they came earlier but i guess that must be the recycling but so like i said i mean he was he was a sick individual he was schizophrenic. He had issues, but he wasn't to the level that they make him. I mean, he, he wasn't the boogeyman next door. Um, and I don't know how else to, like, really say that. I mean, really, if you look at everything that he did, I mean, he was just a shy guy. If you see pictures of him, you wouldn't be, you wouldn't be afraid of him for nothing. And that's kind of one of those things that, you know, I think that was the scariest part about Ed Gein was... Not the the he could be like Leatherface or like Otis or you know Buffalo Bill that he was the guy next door. He was just that's really what he was. He was just the guy next door, which is I think the scariest part of all of it. I mean, your neighbor who knows what they're doing, um, and all of that. So I mean, he. He started off, you know, I mean, like they said, 40 visits, at least 40 visits is what they think, to the, the graveyards and digging up bodies in the middle of the night and taking home. He was a babysitter. People trusted him with their kids. But, I mean, in all reality, not to sound bad, he never did anything to kids. Were people you had to worry about were the older women, um, not the kids. So, I mean, he babysat kids. He was... You know, a handyman that people let in their house to help fix things. I mean, he was the the guy next door um, who ended up eventually being caught as a, a lunatic um, and serial killer. Um, like I said, this is going to be a little shorter episode. Um, I've been honestly dealing with a cracked rib, so I didn't research as much as I should have. Um, but really, there's not a lot more to this. And that's kind of it. It's one of those things that it seems really fascinating, and I thought I could get a lot more out of this. But then once I really looked into it, there's not a whole lot to this story. It's pretty much his mother 
was very religious, um, hated anybody who didn't do everything pretty much exactly to the Bible. Um, if you, you know, most women were horrible, women were evil, except her, of course. And she raised her sons that way. And the older one, Henry, got away from it or started to. Um, and then for that, um, more than likely, his brother Ed killed him because he went against mother. Um, it's very interesting, very freaky to think about what the me- what parents can do to their kids. Um, I'm sure Ed obviously had other issues to begin with. Um, his mom was just able to make them worse. Um it's why it's very interesting. Like I said, definitely look at the pictures. The pictures make it. The pictures sell it. I mean, the pictures of the nipple belt, the pictures of the, um, the lampshade, the chairs that were you know made with you know human skin, um, all that stuff. It's very very interesting. Uh, which is sick and disgusting in many ways, but I mean, we do it with animals. I mean, he didn't kill them. He just was reusing, repurposing their skin. Um, Yes, I know that's sick and disgusting to think of, but I mean, eh, it's just another way of looking at it. So on that note, I'm going to end this episode. (laughs) So it was fun. It was a very good, interesting one. Um, Let me know what else you guys want to go down. I think I might do a couple more of these where we talk about kind of the basis behind, you know, these true stories or based on true event stories that we see which i mean they do say that you know those movies are based on true events the true events that they're based on are ed gein which have nothing to do with the movies um and are completely separate from the movies and completely different than the movies um so don't think when you see a movie that's based on true events that it's true um there's many of movies that i've seen that are based on true events that have nothing to do with the real events um well the phrase based on true events, it's not the same as adapted from true events. You know? No, it's not. Like, based could be, like, any level. Yes. Yes. I agree. Um, like, if there's one concept taken from real life, you can call it based on a true story. Yes. And that's what they did. They, they very loosely based... Um, all of these on a true story, and that true story was Ed Gein. Um, like Amityville, based on a true event. Kind of. Um, and, and that's it. You know, Ed Gein was not the boogeyman that everyone made him out to be. He was very twisted, very sick. Um, but he wasn't the boogeyman of Leatherface. He wasn't running around with the, the mask on his face, not talking with the chainsaw, chasing people. Um, he wasn't insane like Otis, who, you know, all of that stuff. Otis did some similar things to what Ed Gein did and was based off the Ed Gein character, but he was a lot more outspoken and loud where Ed Gein was very quiet and very, you know, very different. Um, I think in a lot of ways, if you looked at like a lot of what Ed Gein did, I mean, besides the schizophrenia, I think he would have been definitely on the autistic spectrum big time. Like he was very, very much inward on himself and not much with the outward world, outward, whatever, the outside world. Um, yeah, so I hope you enjoyed this one. Like I said, this was a shorter one. Um, I didn't want to go too deep, um, into this one because there's not a lot to it. Um, it seems like a lot when you first look at it, but there's really not a lot. It's a lot of the mental thinking of the person next door. What are they really doing? So, and think about that. How well do you know your neighbors? 
How do you know they're not digging up bodies and that the lamps aren't made of human skin? We don't. Actually, I've been in my neighbor's house, except one of them I haven't been in. They could be crazy, um, but who knows? I think they're just millennials. All right, thank you. <laughs> thank you for listening. Um, as always, you can find us on NWCZ Radio. Uh, Dot com channel one on Sunday nights live. Um, you can find us on Fringe the Fringe Network, um, which is a great place. Go check them out. And you can find us anywhere you can find podcasts. So thank you, and I will see you Sunday. I'm out.